Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. I'm your host. This is going to be episode 133 of The Informed Catholic. And uh, before we begin, please uh, subscribe to my podcast and um, let your friends know. Share it with your friends, anybody you know that's interested in a podcast like this. Uh, it would be a great help. Not just to me, but to everybody, because it would let Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and uh, all the other uh, podcast platforms. And um, I just found out that uh, a new country just been added to uh, the list of, of uh, those listening to my podcast, Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, believe it? Um you know, it's uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, um, I think it was Hong Kong, right? I mean, anyway, it was it was one of those countries that just popped up, and I was looking at the uh, the stats the other day. It's fantastic um, the fact that they're hearing me in in those countries. El Salvador is another one. Mexico is another one, and um, uh, Ukraine and France. Uh, Viva la France! They they can hear me over there as well. Uh, it's great. It's 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 good to know that um, you know you could reach out to other places. And I know I've been doing a lot of politics uh, lately, but now we're going to go back and um, we're going to do something here from LifeSite News. It's by John Henry Weston. I just saw uh, the uh, video he did on YouTube. And it's a um, a blog um, from the desk of the editor, John Henry Weston. And uh, it's about Pope Francis. Pope Francis backs pro-LGBT nun of the trans causing confusion. It's really, it was very sad and very uh, disturbing. Uh, it's amazing uh, that this obsession with sexuality and the fact that so many uh, clerics within the church and religious people um, have abandoned uh, Catholic teaching uh, to agree to something like this. It's very painful because um, it's like they decide that the gospel is too difficult to preach. You know, it's it's a a sad thing. Um, I was sitting down for breakfast on Sunday with my mom, and um, she was she was very upset because you know she watches a lot of EWTN now, and um, she um, she listens to the Lourdes Rosary. She prays the Rosary with Lourdes, and she says that why are the priests, the bishops, afraid of talking about sin? Why isn't the word sin not mentioned from the pulpit? Why is it that we don't hear about Judgment Day and hell? And I told her uh, about the problems within the church, about how, um, you know, I tried to explain Vatican II. Uh, it was very confusing to her because I had to explain what happened. I had to explain, you know, as much as I can without, you know, without confusion, because a lot of people, you know, they're just not into all this controversial stuff. And it just didn't make any sense, which is true. You know, Protestants are not afraid of talking about sin. 
and their churches grow. All right. I mean, yeah, we can talk about several controversies and stuff like that. But the fact remains is sin is real. Look around you. Look what's happening with all our cities. Look at the the, the looting, the rioting. And just recently, I just saw a video, uh, a video uh, on Dr. Taylor Marshall, a woman in uh, Philadelphia got assaulted in mass. This lady who was a elector, she was she read the the scripture passages that was required of her as a lay person to read for during mass, and she goes back to her seat, and this very big African American woman punched her in the face twice. I'm not too sure what it was what it was about because there was no audio to it. But just like that, and everybody there in the in the, in the it looked like a basilica or a cathedral. People around her didn't re, uh, it barely budged. Nobody screamed. Just complete, like almost like dead. I don't know if, what was it. They just didn't react. No one came to her aid. You know, and the lady just kept on walking away. It was ridiculous. It was unbelievable. And then we're hearing about all these churches being desecrated. We're hearing about statues. We're hearing about the burnings. All these activists, it's like people are accepting it and it's becoming the new normal. Why? Why are people acting like this? Why are people letting this become the new normal? It doesn't doesn't make any sense. People should have jumped up. They should have grab that lady. They should have called the cops. But it was two women. One woman wasn't walking in front and they just kept on walk, you know, walking walking away. And the guy with the thurible, the the incense, just didn't didn't even budge. He was right behind the altar rail in the sanctuary and he didn't even budge. He just looked at them. It was amazing how people accepted the assault and violence. Why? Why? Something is wrong. Something is terribly wrong. People are becoming indifferent. They're becoming indifferent to evil. They're becoming indifferent to violence. They're they're becoming indifferent to sin. It's like, you know, just like everybody's numb. People should not be numb to this. You know, it shouldn't be. All right, so um, let's just say a prayer first before we begin the article. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, it's Hong Kong. (laughs) It's Hong Kong. I'm just quite amazed by that. All right, so... John Henry Weston, uh, from the desk of the editor, 
Um, it's August 25th, 2020. Pope Francis backs pro-LGBT uh, none of the trans causing confusion. Pope Francis recently praised Argentinian sister Monica Astraga Carmana, who runs an apartment complex for men who claim to be women. So, um, this is it. Um, I'm looking at the um, the uh, ad for this. Pope backs pro-LGBT nuns of the trans, causing confusion. And um, you got Pope Francis in one end, and you got the uh, sister uh, Monica Ostraga on the other end. And right in the middle is big, smiley, rainbow James Martin. <laughs> of course, they'll put him, uh, of course, you know, he's probably like, you know, dancing, doing his happy dance. All right. Uh, August 25th, 2020. Pope Francis has shocked the world by praising a nun who promotes Catholic acceptance of cross-dressing sex change operations and homosexual relationships. These issues are tough and it's complicated by the fact that this nun is actually doing some very good things, helping people out of dire poverty. Life sites Doug Main um, Mainwaring reported last week on Pope Francis' praise for Argentinian sister Monica Astraga, Cromana, uh, Cromena, Cromona. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, known locally in Argentina as the Nun of the Trans, of course, it's like a superhero name or something. Pope Francis' praise came in the light of her opening a new complex of twelve small apartments reserved solely for men claiming to be women and their sexual partners. In his communications with Sister Cremona, the Pope referred to her transgender clients as girls. Dear Monica, God, who did not go to the seminary or study theology, will repay you abundantly. I pray for you and your girls, he said. This isn't the first time Pope Francis has given remarks opposite of what the Catholic Church traditionally teaches about the rejection of one's God-given sexual identity. On October 2nd, 2016, Pope Francis referred to a woman who underwent a sex change operation as a man. He referred to her as having married another woman and admitted to inviting and receiving them in the Vatican in 2015, describing the couple as happy, clarifying his use of pronouns. The Pope said he that was her, but is he. Wow. Oh, boy. I mean, you know, there's that movement now when you're like uh, these um, very hip social justice warrior um people of uh, snowflakes who whenever like they introduce themselves they will like want to how you to address them uh her she or uh him you know him uh he 
or or his. I mean, it's 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 really, it's like they have to go up there and they have to actually clarify what pronouns you are to address them. And of course, there was also the uh, you know, don't clap, use jazz hands. Uh, I wonder if uh, Pope Francis will uh, introduce jazz hands for the for the gift of peace or something because of the of the um, uh, social distancing. Unbelievable. Okay, so uh, he actually went as far to do that. Amazing. Okay, let's go on. The Pope also said, the woman who felt like a man but was physically a young woman eventually got married after a sex change surgery in her 20s. He wrote me a letter saying that for him it would be a consolation to come uh, see me with his wife, the Pope said. I received them, and they were very happy. And you can add to that to add to that the fact that the Pope has openly promoted one of the biggest promoters of homosexuality and transgenderism in the Catholic Church in America, Father James Martin. The Pope named Father Martin to the Pontificate Council for, for Social Communications, and had Martin speak at the Vatican's World Meeting of Families. He also met with him personally in an audience, the photo of which were used by Father Martin to attest to the Pope's supporting his agenda, which has garnered opposition from several U.S. bishops. The issues surrounding transgenderism are complex, and today more so as society is pushing hard on this agenda and fiercely claiming those who question who question it in any way are uh, purveyors of hatred. We have gone so far as to criminalize, at least in some states and nations, psychological help for those wishing to normalize these sexual desires. You know, it's very difficult. I don't know what to make out uh make out of this you know you want to respect him because he's pope because he is pope and legally he's pope and we have to remember that um christ himself said that the gates of hell will not prevail over the church he never promised that uh There'll be good popes. We'll always have good popes. He never promised that we will always have holy popes. Um, it's hard. It's very hard. I know they say that only a pope can judge another pope. That uh, Francis's successor will will have to uh, make pronouncements on him. I mean, just recently, uh, I don't know, a couple of podcasts ago. Remember, I did a podcast about the. Uh, the baptism, the baptism uh, words, the, the formula, the correct form and matter uh, that you could only say, use the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That you cannot use the word, the plural words, we, we baptize you uh, because that blocks the person of Christ because it's Christ who performs. It's Christ who gives us the sacrament. Now, uh, recently, they uh, I'm going to do a podcast about it as well. There was a priest who heard about this and looked up 
on his um, his family. His family actually videotaped his baptism when he was a baby. And the deacon who performed the baptism didn't use the correct formula. He didn't use the words, I baptize you. He used the word, we. And you know what happened? It turns out that if he was not validly baptized, then he cannot be a valid priest. And therefore, all the time that he thought he was a priest, the thought he thought he was performing mass, was an invalid mass. He thought he was hearing confession and giving absolution was invalid because his baptism was invalid. Now, for some people in the modern world, the they would look at this and say, well, this is trivial stuff. No, it's not trivial. It's not trivial. Everybody knows that if you go to court and your lawyer does not do the proper uh, the proper legal things to to help you win the case you don't call it trivial you call it a disaster if a doctor makes the wrong uh, uh, the wrong diagnosis you don't call that trivial do you right so therefore you can't say the same thing about something that is a mystery a sacrament that is sacred and holy that has lasted for 2000 years and it comes directly from the Son of God himself. Well, it's the same thing with theology. It's the same thing when it comes to uh, the human person. There is no mistake about the person's sexuality that they were born in. We are fallen creatures. The only thing that the impediment is our sins. And the fact that we live in a fallen world that is in desperate need of redemption. God himself will not force his will upon us because God himself loves freely. But at the same time, he doesn't accept these kind of broken things that that people like, I hate to say it, I'm going to say Pope Francis and this nun and James Martin because they find it too difficult. They find Christ too difficult. They're, they have this idea, these modernists, they have this idea in their head that the gospel is evolving, that it's an evolutionary gospel, that maybe the times that we live in, that God is revealing something new to the gospel. That's not true. For 2,000 years, for 2,000 years, we've survived persecution after persecution after persecution. We've survived one heresy after another heresy after another heresy. All heretics tend to think that the gospel is evolving. It cannot evolve. The gospel is true. Christ yesterday, Christ today, Christ forever. Okay, there is no mistake. All right, there is no mistake, and there is no mistake when it comes to sexuality. There is no mistake to, to, to God's creation. Only man, man in his foolishness, thinks he can improve on God. All right, so we ended here with psychological help for those wishing to normalize their sexual desires. However, the Catholic Church's teachings on the matter of sexuality are very clear and they cannot change. Those teachings were uh, scantily uh, summarized last year in a document by various high-ranking prelates, including Cardinal Raymond Burke and Bishop Athanasius Schneider, 
called the Declaration of Truth. Truths, I'm sorry. The document said it is a rebellion and a grave sin for a man to attempt to become a woman. It continues. The male and female sexes, man and woman, are biological realities created by the wise will of God. See Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, Catechism of the Catholic Church, article 369. It is therefore a rebellion against natural and divine law and a grave sin that a man may attempt to become a woman by mutilating himself or even by simply declaring himself to be such or that a woman may in like manner attempt to become a man or to hold that the civil authority has the duty or the right to act as if such things were or may be possible and legitimate see catechism of the catholic church 2297 Okay, so I looked up. I have the catechism here in front of me is the profession of faith. Okay, male and female, he created them. Equality and differences will by God. Article 369. Man and woman have been created, which is to say willed by God. On the one hand, in perfect equality as human persons on the other in their respective being as man and woman. Being man or being woman is a reality which is good and willed by God. Man and woman possess an inalienable dignity which comes to them immediately from God, their creator. Man and woman are both with one and the same dignity in the image of God, in their being man and being woman, they reflect the Creator's wisdom and goodness. Did you notice the part where it says here, uh, man and woman possess an inalienable dignity which comes to them immediately from God, their Creator? Sounds like uh, the Declaration of Independence or the, uh, the Constitution of the United States where they use inalienable rights, which comes from the Creator. So... Uh, often it's been said that the founding fathers of the country looked into Catholic philosophy. Uh, look up uh, Tim Gordon's Catholic Republic. Um, I have the uh, audio book and it's great because it's uh, it's a lot of it in there is fantastic. I mean, he's he's a great philosopher and teacher and he know he really he's a lawyer, a constitutional lawyer, I believe. And he really goes into the Thomas Aquinas and other Catholic philosophers. So, OK, so that's one article. Let's look up the other article that uh, that's mentioned. OK, the other article from the Catechism of the Catholic Church that's mentioned here is Article 2297, and it's titled Respect for Bodily Integrity. This is the Catechism of the Catholic Church that Pope John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II, put out. And uh, this is very important here. All right. Respect for Bodily Integrity, 2297. Kidnapping and hostages, hostage-taking, brings on sorry, a little light here, brings on uh, a real uh, of the, um, sorry, reign of terror by means of threats they subject 
their victims to intolerable pressures. They are morally wrong. Okay? Uh, terrorism threatens wounds and kills indiscriminately is gravely against justice and charity. Torture, which uses physical or moral violence to extract con uh, confessions or uh, punishes... Uh, I'm sorry. Punish the guilty, frighten opponents or satisfy, satisfy hatred is contrary to respect of the person and for uh, and for human dignity except when performed for strictly therapeutic medical reasons directly intended to amputation mutilation and sterilization performed on innocent persons are against the moral law all right, so basically because of fact that they go through sex change operation, it's considered self-mutilation. And even if, if uh, uh, dignity, except when performed or for strictly therapeutic medical reasons, directly intended, inten uh, intended amputations, mutilations and sterilizations performed on innocent persons are against the moral law. So... It doesn't make a difference. What happening here is the sister, the sister, and even someone like James Martin, and sadly, what Pope Francis is doing here is that he's normalizing this. This is normalizing self-mutilation. It's also violating the natural law of God, of the dignity of man and woman, created in the image and likeness of God. So what we've seen here is in Article 369, and in Article two twenty two ninety seven of the of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, is that what clerics and anybody's doing here uh, in the Catholic Church, any particular, whether it's a uh, a pope, whether it's a bishop, whether it's someone like James, Father James Martin, or or the sister, the nun here in Argentina, it's in violation of God's natural law and the the dignity of the individual, the dignity of the person. And it's also you are what they're doing is is that they're promoting promoting and which is against the violation of, of God's law of of mutilation and uh, and disfigurement amputation. You're destroying the body, and we we often it's said where where it says in scripture that do you not know that your bodies are a temple to the Lord? This unfortunately. Unfortunately, is what you see here in in um, some of the some of the abuses that go on within the church today. Now, Pope Francis is supposed to be be in agreement with all the other popes who have spoken on faith and morals. And the problem is here is that many people now are losing respect for the church, the church's teaching, and also the office of the papacy. I'm not I'm not I'm not calling Pope Francis a heretic. I think the problem is is that he's a product of modern times of what's what's going on within the Catholic Church, sadly. Now, please do not think that I am making a judgment. I'm sticking to church teaching, to church doctrine, orthodox teaching. And this is something that we have to I mean, conservative can mean anything to some people. 
All right. Traditionalists can, we found out, can be anything to anybody. Uh, unfortunately, even Roman Catholic can mean anything to some people now within, well, within Catholicism. So I'm going to stick to what I believe is Orthodox Catholic, which Michael Voris said. I think Orthodox Catholic is correct. Um, because I think we have to distinguish ourselves. We have to stick to the correct teaching of the church, the correct teaching that the, that has been handed down to us. All right. And I mean, Pope Francis, God bless him, but unfortunately he's made his choice and I'm still going to respect him and I'm still going to acknowledge him as Holy Father. But even Pope Benedict, uh, you know, because you know, has I think made some mistakes, but you know, this is the result of the of what's going on in the modern Catholic Church. And I don't, I know some people are going to disagree with me. I know some people will correct me, and 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 if if I am wrong, I'm willing to be corrected, like I said. But let's uh, let's move on now. In 2000, the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith issued a confidential guidance to bishops. Uh, noting that sex change procedures do not alter a person's gender. The document instructed bishops never to alter the sex listed in parish baptismal records and said Catholics who have undergone sex change procedures are not eligible to, eligible to marry because in the eyes of the church, they would be marrying someone of the same sex. Bingo! Okay, go back to those articles I just read from the Catechism. The Church's traditional stance on sexual teaching, while it is characterized by the secular world as unfeeling and even cruel, in actual fact speaks to the reality of human sexuality, and it is truly the only loving and caring stance one can take. And I think also, um, I think someone like Pope Francis and maybe some of the uh, European bishops, especially the liberal ones, um, because Pope Francis is a globalist and, and there are a lot of bishops, a lot of bishops are leaning towards the globalist agenda and the European Union. Uh, they don't want Catholic churches to be taxed or to lose their tax exemption. And I think it's the same thing uh, because I read an article about the secret pack and deal with the USCCB with the um, Catholic bishops. Some Catholic bishops are afraid, of course, because of the Democrats, that they would lose their tax exemptions. And so therefore, they're taking the side of the Democrats. It's a it's political. And it's, um, it's a Judas spirit. It's a it's, it's the spirit of Judas Iscariot, where they want to, they're betraying our Lord for 30 pieces of silver uh, for tax exemption. Hey, you know, at least at least it's a move forward, right? Um, all right. Okay, let's continue. All right. It is truly only loving and caring stance one can take. Okay, that was the last paragraph. The falsehood of supporting lifestyles which lead to physical and mental and spiritual harm may seem caring on the surface, but in reality, it deprives individuals afflicted with sexual dis uh, uh, dysfunction, uh, and, and the care and help they need and deserve. The best spokesman 
for the truth on these difficult issues are those who have gone through sex change operations and have testified to the devastation that has resulted. Walt um, Heyer is a man who lived as a woman for eight years. His testimony, which can be read by clicking here, I'm not going to click it right now. Um, I probably should uh, maybe later on this week. Uh, okay, let's continue. Must be listened to as it as it's, uh, you know, it, it basically testifies to the reality of sex change and the harm of affirmation of rejection of one's God-given sex. There are many other testimonies from those who have gone down the road of the so-called gender transition and who warn, uh, warn of its devastation and the saving power of Christ who was able to deliver them from that harmful and sinful lifestyle. But even though... The church's teaching is clear on the matter. The confu uh, confusion being caused by Sister uh, Cremona, Father James Martin, and even the Pope himself. I'm not saying it, it's the article. The Pope himself is very grave indeed. Added to that, there is the social, the, the social pressure, even in the form of laws that are crushing Catholics and all who would adhere to morality on these very issues. These issues are complex, and in the case of Sister Cremona, they are uh, exuberated by the fact that she is rescuing these individuals from sometimes dire poverty and giving them clean living quarters. Oh, what a joy if she did that like a Mother Teresa without violating their, uh, with, I'm sorry, without validating, excuse me, what a joy would be like if she was like Mother Teresa uh, with, without validating their sexual sin, it can clearly be seen that she's affirming these, these poor people in their sexual sin as she's permitting these men dressed and sometimes mutilated to look like women to live in these apartments with their same-sex partners. Moreover, Sister Ramona has promoted LGBT so-called rights and gay pride marches. She could have helped these poor people out of poverty without offering them, you know, she, you know, she could have helped, but she could have offered them the Christian truth about God-given sexuality. Sure, that would be a harder path. Sure, society would not celebrate her work where she to do it that way, but it would be the way of Christ and it would minister to these poor people, body and soul, giving them help both in this world and in the next. If you want a good picture of the new and false church being promoted, knowing or unknowing by Pope Francis, Sister Cremona, is a good place to look. The, there is a distortion of Catholic, of Catholic faith happening to such an extent, uh, with, with such extent that the faith is becoming unrecognizable. There is a famous transgender activist and comedian in Argentina with whom Sister Cremona has associated. This biological man, who claims to be a woman, calls himself Lizzie Tigliani in a video in which he acts as an as on location reporter for a TV show. He walks around an outdoor Catholic celebration where he, where he speaks with several people in the crowd, eventually speaking also with the extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, who's actually distributing Holy Communion. The transvestite 
Tigliani asked the extraordinary minister of Holy Communion if he can receive even though he may have sinned. And she gave, she gives him communion. There is a commotion in studio as, as this comes as a surprise. And Tigliani says jokingly, if I, if I knelt, um, I know why, because I received communion while being in sin. I'm sorry, if I melt, I know why, because I received communion while being in sin. After the laughter dies down, the host says, anyway, the Pope says to cause trouble. To which Tigliani responds, of course, I just made a mess, just like Pope Francis said we should. In the situation in the, ch uh, in the church, it, the situation in the church is dire. We seem to have arrived at the times prophesied in Holy Scripture, where even the elect will be confused. And I want to ask you to join me in a plea to all our faithful bishops and cardinals to speak out and defend the faith, which is being corrupted by the, by the Pope himself. Yes, these times are hard, and yes, it is difficult, stand, uh, stands, uh, difficult stance to take, but they are called to defend the faith. In fact, the very apostle who was the one to publicly confront the first pope saint peter on his error said to the bishop uh, to the bishop saint timothy i charge you in the presence of god and of christ jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his uh, appearing and his kingdom preach the word be ready in in season and out of season Re reprove rebuke and exhort with uh, with with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears they will uh, accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths as for you okay as for you hold on as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering to the work of, of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Okay, that ends it here. That was This was by John Henry Weston. Um, he has a, a YouTube video. Uh, I would advise you to please go check it out. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's very sad. But at the same time... Like I said, this is something that maybe uh, that we're permitted to go through so that we can become holy. Look, it's been said that all the evils and all the ills in the world is because of bad Catholics and because a lot of Catholics don't pray. A lot of Catholics don't pray. And I admit, I'm not perfect. I sometimes get lazy with my rosary. Even when I say them, sometimes I don't focus on the mysteries as well as I should. Um, you know, I admit everyday life is difficult. We have so many things we have to take care of. We have to go through, uh, we have the obligations to our family, but we also, we have obligations to God and God expects us to fulfill our obligations to our family. But also we have to remember that the life we have comes from God, every precious moment and who we are, you know, your family, your friends, even the fact that we're going through ailments and, and going through financial problems, it's not like God doesn't know this is happening. And the problem with all these, with the, with the world that we're living in now, the world is so out of control. 
Look at some of the apps. Look, go on Facebook, go on Instagram, go on some of these things. Look at what people do. People are physically obsessed with their bodies. Taking care of your body is one thing. But to be phys- to be so narcissistic as to be obsessed to receive uh, to, to constantly want attention and constantly want the world to compliment you on your looks because, you know, you're, you're, you, you want so desperate the attention and you want so desperately to be, to be told that you're beautiful and to be told how gorgeous you are. You know, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. And, you know, people may say the same thing about Trump, that he's narcissistic, but you know what? What politician isn't? You have to have some ego you have to have some ego i guess to run for politics and maybe it's the same thing with being a pope i don't know i know popes are supposed to be holy but maybe in some cases you know i hate to say it maybe if one is without grace one can become narcissistic one can become egotistical it's sad so uh, i'm going to end it here um I'm going to continue doing um, something like this. I know I haven't been paying much attention to this. And hopefully I'm going to do another report about this uh, this crazy thing in Michigan about the baptismal um, abuse. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's rather hilarious what Archbishop Vigoron of uh, Cleveland, um, I'm sorry, of Michigan is going through. Michael Voris uh, pointed out that something like this came out a couple of years ago about baptismal uh, in improper baptisms, and it looks like it comes back to bite us one way or another. Sadly, it's going to come back, and if this is true, imagine who knows how many masses we could have been in that were not uh, proper because the priest was not properly baptized. Anyway, let's end it here, and um, you know I'll be back again tomorrow, hopefully with another. Uh, article and we'll continue. So let's say I end it with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So remember to subscribe, share, uh, tell your friends and um, this would help uh, my podcast. It would help um like I said, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all the other platforms to uh, continue to, um, you know, put out my podcast. That way other people can listen. And um, if you want to leave a comment, you can do that as well. So God bless, and we'll be together again soon.